drop it. Mm. Yeah. So I'd like to share something with you today I've been sort of battling back and forth with. And, well, um, I, sometimes when I battle back and forth with thoughts in my mind, usually the, the simplest way for me to come up with the answer is to sort of talk it out. And you guys get to have the privilege of talking it out with me this morning, okay? Um, because, well, you're here and I'm already up here and, and outside of Matt, no one else is going to mute me. Um, uh, <laughs> um, now, here's the thing. I, 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 read, I read through Scripture, you know, every day, and sometimes I come across Scripture, though, and I kind of go, huh. I've read that a bunch, but it just sort of pops off the page. Does anybody else ever do that? It sort of pops off the page at times, and it speaks a little bit differently to you. And, and so I, in my devotion time, I got to spend some time in, in, in this one particular passage, and I ask these questions all the time. In this instance, it appears in the book of John. Now, I might add, um, in this particular passage we're going to read this morning, um, there are some scholars, if, you, if, you, if you're much of a Bible scholar, you read or, or at all, there's some that would even say that this passage doesn't necessarily belong in Scripture. Um, and it's mainly because it wasn't found in the earliest manuscripts. And, but I think it does. <laughs> now, what I think doesn't really matter. The fact is we have it today, and I believe it's a, the, the true Word of God. And I think there's, reading through this, there's a lot of things that we can learn from this. So today, um, we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. John chapter 8, 1 through 11. But Jesus, he went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down, and he began to teach him. The scribes and the Pharisees, they brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in, the, now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such, a, such women. What then do you say? And they were saying this, testing him. So they might have ground for accusing him. But, but Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground. And then they persisted in asking him. And he straightened up and he said to them, He who is without sin among you. Let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone. And the woman, where she was in the center of the court, straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on and sin no more. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that, God, that your word is, will always transcend time. And, and Lord, it, it's a timeless message. 
that, Lord, it, it's not just timeless. Lord, it's deeper and goes farther than what we often think. And, God, there's so much more going on than what we originally read. And, Father, as we dive deep into your word this morning, Father, I pray that, God, you would reveal things inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, that, Lord, maybe we haven't seen before today. And, Lord, even if we've seen them, Father, I pray that, God, maybe if we haven't, Lord, we haven't grasped those things as our truth, as the reality of who you've called us to be and who you say that you are and everything else. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would make those things aware inside of our hearts, that, Lord, that we, so we could, Lord, we could grasp a hold of those things, and, Lord, we would hold on to them. We would own them, God, and we would proudly and publicly proclaim, Lord, exactly what it is and uh, you tell us to, to proclaim the type of people that we are to be as, as your people. Father, we love you. We praise you. We love you. And thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, when I read this, first of all, there, there were several things that popped out. And, and you know, the more I, when I first read it, there were several that didn't until I studied this a little further. But many times, if I'm being honestly transparent, does anybody, I don't know anybody else is like this. Do you guys sort of read through things pretty quickly and maybe you just don't necessarily get it all to you, like really stop and read it? I'm one of those people that, and, and sometimes it drives my wife nuts because uh, I, I like to read Scripture out loud. I, I do. Um, there's just something about if I'm reading it quietly to myself, it just doesn't come alive for me. So I have to read it out loud. And I, and I, and I was reading this out loud one day, and, and, and I, just, I started visualizing this thing, and I, I started getting this ideal of what's going on. Now, behind the scripture, the more I studied it, there's like three main discussions that you'll find, and we're going to talk about a little of those and then sort of to kind of get a whole idea of where we're at and, and some of the attacks that people use on this scripture because I want you guys to be armed with as much truth and knowledge as you can because one day, one day, and I've said this always, if you don't know what you stand for, you won't know how to stand up against, or stand up against the things that come against you either. So you need to have, we need to be armed with knowledge, amen? So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of knowledge about this scripture. First point, there's a legalistic point of view. There are some people that would actually go so far as to say that this, that this scripture would discredit Jesus. Because if you look at it, he says, what, what do they say? They, they bring this woman in adultery, and they say, Jesus, you know, you need to stone her and all these things. Now, I want you to kind of get a picture of what had happened here. I'm going to paint a picture with, for you real quick, if you guys will allow me. Jesus is teaching. Now, it doesn't say how many people are there, but, but this is Jesus teaching, by the way. Probably a lot. And so in the middle of the courtyard, these men come storming in, and they're dragging this woman, and they, they, they take her, and they set her right down the center of it, and she's laying there, and she might be beaten, she might be half naked, and they say, look, Jesus, we caught this woman in adultery. Now not just Jesus is looking at her, everybody's looking at her. And they're looking right at her, and she's sitting there, and, she's, and they're looking at her and says, Jesus, the law of Moses tells us that we've got to stone her, so what say you, Jesus? 
By the way, this woman probably has no idea who Jesus is. All she knows is he's a teacher. And and his next words hold her life in his hands. And she's probably just sitting there, just waiting, looking at him like, and, and Jesus, he... He squats down and he begins to write in the dirt. Jesus, what say you? What do you say, Jesus? I could probably hear her breath just just scared for the the next things that's going to come out of his mouth. Listen, I've never been stoned. I've been hit with a rock and it hurts. (laughs) And I can't imagine that these guys that were going to stone her were rock star athletes either, by the way. It probably wouldn't have been the first stone. It might have been the 20th. Over and over again, get hit in the head with rocks. You get, by the way, when you got stoned in that time, they didn't stone you in the middle of town. They dragged you outside of town. They'd throw you in a pit, and people would stand over top of you with these rocks, and they were just throwing them down on top of you. And then you got stoned over and over and over again until you died. It was a terrible way to die. And this woman was innocent-ish. But here's where we got a problem. You see, they were coming to her and said, hey, she broke the law of Moses. But if you look at the Mosaic law, regulation stated that a person could be executed only, only if there are two or more witnesses to the crime. It's in Deuteronomy 17.6, Deuteronomy 19.15. You see, plainly states one witness not is sufficient enough to invoke the death penalty. The woman in question was reportedly caught. The very act, verse 4. But nothing is mentioned about the identity of the witness or witnesses. There may have only been one, thereby making the execution illegal. And second, if there's two or more witnesses present to verify the woman's sin, the Old Testament was equally explicit, by the way. It wasn't just the woman that got in trouble. All right? The man would have been too. There wasn't no guy there. I, I say all that to say this. First of all, there will be some people that will tell you, man, that, that might try to use this against Jesus. Man, Jesus didn't even make, Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He knew the law 100%. Okay? He came to fulfill it. Jesus knows every last little thing that you might, that, that if the enemy is bringing accusations against you, Listen to the words of Jesus. Don't listen to the enemy. Because, yeah, obedience to the law of Moses in this instance actually just meant letting the woman go. So the real answer when you hear someone say that Jesus broke the very law he came to fulfill is that he accepts sin because he will forever forgive them. It's an astounding no. Jesus did not break the law. The Pharisees had become so blinded by the law that their need to try and make themselves look good for everybody else or better than Jesus, they had put themselves in their own trap. Jesus knew these laws, and he looked at the woman, and he said, go and sin no more. Not that I saved you in your sin, but I saved you to get out of sin. By the way, that stands for every one of you too. God did not save you so you could continue to sin. He saved you so you could get out of sin. It's important to realize this. <laughs> it doesn't mean overlooking evil or even worse, denying it. God does not forgive evil but the individual. 
He teaches us to distinguish the evil act. Here's point two. Can I tell you something really terrible that breaks my heart? The very scenario that played out just then in front of us, you could find a lot of parallels that happen in today's church. And I have talked to more people than I ever want to admit. I would, I would, I could tell you stories from from now until next week of people that have told me about being church hurt. And if I'm being honest, if I'm being transparent, there's been people that have hurt me, hurt my family. And which, by the way, if you if if the enemy can't get you, he'll usually come after your family. You just want to go ahead and throw that out there to you. I would like to submit to you, though, that sometimes um, what you'll find is that the church is full of imperfect people. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Just so you know, we're just full of imperfect people, amen? We are. I mean, listen, I've, I've not arrived. I've been saved, I've been sanctified, but I've been saved. I'm being sanctified. I'm going to make mistakes. Pastor Jamie will make mistakes. He might say things to you at times, and you're like, man, can you believe he said that to me? Some people you're sitting next to right now, can you believe they said that to me? But the reality is, if we don't understand forgiveness and all that God has forgiven us for, we have to learn to forgive one another. See, we have issues. Make up for the fact that many of us are... And the thing is, it's easier for me to, to not notice my own issues if I can just take time to notice everybody else's. That's what the Pharisees had done, dragging this woman in there. Now, don't get me wrong. Listen, this woman's committing adultery. That's a, that was a sin, 100%. But they had, but the Pharisees, the word Pharisee literally means to be set apart. And all they had done is set themselves apart from the grace of God. And it's so easy for us to become those people. And you think, man, how can we be like them? I'm not trying to condemn anybody to death. There's more than one way to die. It really is. And it's heavy at times because this thought that, that I could have such an impact on someone that they would turn away from God. Now, granted, you could sit and say, man, I, they, they must have not been there for the right reasons to begin with. But that's a heavy thought. It really is. And I'm not accusing anybody, but the reality is the Americanized church, we, we do that a lot. We, we sort of keep things, we have a way that we want things, and if anybody tries to change it or if anybody tries to do something we don't like, we tend to be pretty harsh with them at times. And we turn them away from, we turn them away from church, which, in, which ultimately turns them away from the bride of Christ. And the thing, the, and, and, and listen, I'm going to be real honest with you. If you don't like my wife, you, we're probably not going to work out real well either. I don't have any friends that, that have a problem with my wife. Just don't. 
we've got to figure out how to get this plank out of our own eyes at times. The other point is this. I'm almost done. We all have this. Here's a real reality. That woman, she committed a sin. Now, maybe it wasn't a sin at that time by the, by the law of Moses that was deemable of death, but she had committed a sin, and everyone around saw it. And they wanted her to be punished to the most extreme of the law. And the thing is, most often, a lot of times, that's, that's what we tend to go to is we start to go to the extremes. And, and a lot of times, we end up doing it to ourselves too, by the way. See, you've got to learn not just to forgive other people, but you've got to learn to forgive yourself. But this woman had committed this sin, and she's sitting there in the middle of, of all the judgment, of all the people there, and, and she's right there, and, and the opinions of everybody else really didn't matter. All that really matters, and I want you to hear this, is what God has to say. See, that sin she was in, it could have been, this was a sexual sin that she had, but if it had been sin of addiction, what if she'd had a problem with gossip? What if she'd had a problem with being judgy? What if she'd had just a, a, a just unbeliever? What if she'd What if she'd done all these things? And I, I, I look at this ideal just dropping it. You see, we've all got these proverbial stones that we're ready to throw. And I'll be honest with you, most of the time I'm ready to throw one at myself more than I am anybody else. And Jesus looks at her and he says, Who condemns you? stands up, she looks around, she says, nobody. There's nobody here. And Jesus, with all the grace in his eyes, looks at her and says, I don't either. I'm not condemning you either, so stop condemning other people. Don't condemn yourself. You just go sin no more. Listen, listen, if you've made mistakes, and we all have, if you've fallen, if you fell away, and there's times we have, if we're honest with ourselves, 
If there's things that are like a hidden deep sin inside of us that we don't want nobody else to see, listen, God isn't going to heal the thing that you never let him have access to. Jesus just wants to look at you. Look, I'm not condemning you. There's nobody else around. They dropped it. And now you have to, too. Just drop it. Quit carrying around the weight. Quit carrying around the weapon that the enemy's trying to give you. The only thing we should be carrying around is our cross.